Hi, I'm Sifu Henry Araneda. I'm the founder of the Ultimate Martial Arts Academy. And with over 20 years of teaching experience, I've become obsessed with helping people improve their Wing Chun knowledge and skill by teaching them how to approach their training efficiently and effectively. I've created the Wing Chun by Design podcast to give you step-by-step strategies to take your Wing Chun to the next level. So guys, let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome back. So today is a special one because we're going to have a brand new episode from our Wing Chun by Design podcast and I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with my longtime student, Stefan. Hi Stefan, how are you? Hi Sifu, how are you doing? Good, thanks. So today um, we thought it would be a good topic to discuss conceptual versus reality because unfortunately nowadays a lot of people that are involved in Wing Chun, in the Wing Chun community, whether they're a student or an instructor, they find themselves spending a bit too much time in the realm of concepts and theories and ideas. And unfortunately, most of them are deviating from the reality of training and the reality of uh, self-defense, right. which basically is what this system, in my opinion, is all about. It's learning how to fight, how to defend yourself. Yep. Um, so let's dive into this topic. So what's your opinion on, you know, uh, concepts mm-hmm. versus reality? Well, a concept is an idea, you know, it's a well thought out idea that someone else has explored. And then reality is your ability to use that in a real world example, uh, real world Scenario. Scenario. Yep. yep. So, like, it's like if you play sport, you can train all the time. Like, if you play soccer, or f- um, football, or whatever, and you can do all the drills, do all the training. But when it comes game day, you have to play against an opponent that is probably at your level. Yep. There's a lot of emotions because the game is on the line. And then you have to overcome all those things to execute. And also people that are involved in sports, their mindset is different because Mm -hmm. they think, or at least the person that's teaching them, that's training them, their coach, is preparing them for uh, game day, Right. right? So the mindset of that coach training the athlete is not so much based on just theory. Right. Because you have to prepare them as best as possible to be able to deal with that um, game day situation. And they'll have like simulations and exactly. things, scenarios that will come up. In the past, we've also mentioned that it's really good for the Wing Chun student out there to train almost with the mindset of an athlete. Right. Because at the end of the day, uh, you want to be able to execute the techniques that you're learning in class to the best of your ability. And you always want to push yourself a little bit harder each time and bring up the game of the person that you're training with as well, Yeah. right? Because if I'm going to train with someone and I'm expecting that person to come down to my level, if that person has more experience than I have, then I'm just going to be in my comfort zone um, most of the times. And then what happens, that person won't want to train with me again because they're not getting the most out of that training session. Yeah. But if you have more experience than I have, 
And I try to step up instead of bringing you down to my level. I try to come up to your level. Yeah. Then that, that creates, in my opinion, a really good uh, training atmosphere. And then, you know, you both learn from that experience. And uh, yeah, it's, I think it's the responsibility of the senior student to set an example. Yep. So, like in terms of training intensity, because sometimes when you're a beginner, a lot of people get bogged down in being doing it exactly correctly and then they they develop like that habit like they're not putting themselves into the technique yep so i don't know if that makes sense but you need to put that extra little bit on it to really um express it so you see some people doing things it's very drawn out and it looks good but there's no oomph behind it and also, unfortunately, when because nowadays everything's online, it's not hard for any person to find some Wing Chun person practicing, drilling, doing some form of Chi Sao um, sequence. And it's all good. Like, of course, Chi Sao is the heart and soul of what we do in, chi, in Wing Chun, but it's not everything. Yeah. Right. And if you just spend most of your time doing that, of course, you're going to get really good at Chisel, but that doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be a good fighter yeah. because you have to go through the process of having someone really, um, you know, throw that punch, throw that kick, launch whatever attack they're doing at that given time and carefully, of course, yeah. but not holding back. Yeah. Right. Uh, depending on the level of expertise of the students that that's working out with you. But that would only help the student boost their confidence and know exactly what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Right. My understanding is that the way my Sifu taught me is that whatever works for him should work for me. And it's not just because he's that gifted and such an amazing martial artist that only he can perform the technique and i have the same mindset when i'm teaching someone and uh, whether you know it's a a teenager a lady a guy who's just getting started with martial arts and he and he's in his you know early 40s late 30s or whatever doing it for the first time i don't want that person to think oh yeah of course he can do it he's been doing it for decades and he's whatever athletic but i'm not no, it, it should be able, uh, you should be able to pull it off and execute the technique. And that's why we're here, mm-hmm. to help you develop that skill. And it's, I don't believe in a cookie cutter method of teaching yeah. because everyone's an individual. And, uh, but that's where you go back and forth with the CFO, with your seniors and with a training partner. So that way, you know, you can get that experience. And when you leave the training floor that day, you feel like at least I've taken a step forward to reaching my goal. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, no, yeah. I do agree. And I, the other thing that I wanted to say was when you're doing drills, just that they're predetermined. So they're predetermined for a reason. Like you're doing that to develop your technical ability. But then we have other ways of training to randomize it, like circle training and sparring and things like that. Yep that become it's just, just that next level of getting close to a real situation. And that's where most people stop progressing. 
sifus and, and you know, instructors, masters out there fall into the same trap mm-hmm. of only working out hard up to their comfort zone. Right. And especially in martial arts, and you see it all over the place where people don't want to look embarrassed, right, in front of a class or in front of their training partner. So most people out there will always train something where it's predetermined. And because if it's live freestyle and those attacks are just coming randomly at you, a lot of people struggle with that. And if you get, you know, clipped in the face or punched in the gut or something like that, it's fine. You know, it's martial arts. It's okay. You'll survive and you'll just get better and better. And if you go through that process, it will only make you a better martial artist and preparing you authentically for any given situation out there if it arises. Yeah, because it's a psychological thing to be able to move past being hit. Yeah. Like, it's a part of it. If you're sparring, the odds are you're going to, you know, a lot of people let that stop them. So, like, you need to learn to, yeah, I'm going to get hit. How do I move beyond past that? How do I not break down mentally yep. and keep pushing on? Yep. So that, that's a big thing. And even if you, you know, it, it, I've been in a situation where I'm sparring, I cover the move, but the contact, if it's a bit heavier, it stops me. Where right. I don't flow into the counterattack. Yeah, yeah. So that all those little collisions and things, you need to know how to ride them and come out of them, and then that's where you get into the more realistic situation. Exactly, and that exactly that is when it becomes real. Yeah. Because then you see right then and there what's happening with your balance, with your strength, with your follow-up. Does your mind, does your brain shut down at that given time, or are you just in the zone, flowing, yeah. and everything? comes out naturally you know because once you practice something thousands of repetitions and then it becomes reflexive it's a sweet thing when you're in the zone and everything is just you know synchronized coming and out you're not and thinking about you're not it. thinking about it and you're just reacting to it and if you're able to pull that off for every Wing Chun practitioner out there watching us and listening to us that means not only have someone feed you vertical punches to your face right yeah because chances of someone attacking you out there on the street just with a yachi chung choi to the face and then another one and then another one while you do your park your lap your bong this and and then another one it's completely unrealistic yeah you know so have someone feed you those jabs those hooks uppercuts elbows knees takedown whatever low kick side kick sweeps and then try to express your Wing Chun and then see what works and what doesn't. And if, if something is not working for you, go back to your Sifu and ask. You know, not challenging their expertise, but just, you know, as someone that's there to help you get better every single time. Yeah, and how can I do it better? That's like, right. You know, everyone's different. Like you said at the start, we're all different body types, different ages. There's always a way to execute the technique, it, you know, in your own personal way. And you have to find that, find that little part, you know, by practice, find what, how it works for you. And not everyone has the same goal. Right. Right. Everyone can be in the same room. Yeah. 
of course, training towards a common goal, but not everyone has the same goal every single time. Yeah. And what happens if you had a goal and you achieved it? Right. And then you maybe set yourself another one, yeah. right? But people in the same training floor can have different goals, a different purpose, right? But still, everyone should be working towards achieving that goal, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And, uh, and I believe that's a beautiful thing. When I look around at the school and I see a lot of people training and trying their best. That's yeah. all you can do. Yeah. You know, try your best, but don't. Having said that, a lot of people say it, but don't do it. You know, yeah, yeah, no, I'm trying it. No, like I can see it yeah. in, in, in a student's eyes when they're really in the zone, really trying. Yeah. And that really doesn't matter how um, gifted you are at learning, yeah. right, a certain skill. But if you're there and you're really trying your best, you're really giving it your all, you can't help but feel proud of yourself that night when you grab your bags, you take your belongings back home, you're driving home and you feel good about yourself, yeah. you know? And uh, in my many years of teaching, I've seen people come and go and then sometimes some of them have natural giftedness, natural physical ability and they get it like that, but they don't have the heart, mm. you know? And sometimes those students, because they know they're good at it, because, you know, you, you've seen it, when you have a kid at school doing sports and they pick it up like that. Yeah. And then they move on to, you know, other sports and they're always the one in the group where they know that they have something special. Yeah. So most of the times those uh, kids, boys or girls, don't push themselves that hard yeah. because they know already they're better than average and better than the rest of the people most of the time surrounding them so they don't push themselves and the ones that do those are the great ones yeah those are the ones that will excel and get into you know and the, whatever chosen and um, it's a, it, you know that's a very small percentage exactly so you have to realize when you come into the school um we're trying to cater for uh, everyone so yeah. then you know, it, everyone can do it, like you said. It, you don't have to be exceptional, but you have to put in the hard work. Yeah. You have to train. You have to take risks because not everyone wants to spar, but you have to get over that fear because in the, in rea- we're talking about reality. That's the most. That's a simulation of a real situation. You so have, you, at one point, you're going to have to jump in the deep end of the pool to see if you can float and swim. You're right. Right. And, you know, you don't want to be caught out somewhere, and you want to use your Wing Chun, but then you freeze because you know you haven't developed that confidence. You've never been exposed to a situation like that. Yeah. Absolutely. And plus, like the the methodology that I use in introducing students to sparring, for example, you've seen it firsthand. Over the years, it has evolved um, because I'm always trying to improve um, my methodology in teaching and introducing students to what could potentially become a stressful situation for one person, but you can see others eager to go and give it a go, but then at that same time, that type of student, I need to kind of like bring them down a couple notches. So, you know, but, but it's not like, Back in the day when I learned, it's like 
just go for it, you know? Yeah, and sometimes yeah. you wouldn't even have gloves. You just, all right, you, you go. And yeah, there wasn't a even a, a timer, you know? <laughs> Is it a three-minute round? Is it an eight-minute round? It doesn't matter. Just go. Yeah. Now, I find that, you know, I feel proud about the program that I put together and you guys help me, you know, teach the students, introduce them to all these things. And we've seen the last year... The te you know, technical proficiency has gone really Yeah, high. and you can see it with students that have been training only for a few months, but already you can see the foundation, Yeah. right? And with the students that have been training for a long time, you can already see the control, the speed, the accuracy, the yeah. timing, right? The, the combinations, the sequences that they're coming up with just because they feel, I believe relaxed, safe, and creative enough to apply their Wing Chun. Yeah. And that to me is everything. Yeah. Right? And it's real. Yeah. Because like you said, those people that stick in their comfort zone and they demonstrate that, you know, are they fully confident of their martial arts ability? Yeah. You know, you know it's a bit of a, they're living, a, it's a bit of a facade and, you know, all the titles and all the, that type of stuff. But are you confident? Like, if someone attacked you randomly, that's the base. why we all do it at the start is for self-defense. You should be. Yeah. Um, if you can't, if you're sticking to the, your, in your comfort zone, it's, you're not you know, you need to take risks. You need to put yourself in that situation. So it's a safe environment. We're yeah. very safe here. Yeah. And, um, but it, 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 you know, you, you get that little butterflies, you get the nerves, but it's not, you're not going to get hurt. And you're going to grow from that you're experience. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys. So that's it for this episode. Tell us what you think in the comments below. If you're watching us on YouTube or please leave a comment in any of the podcast channels that you are listening to us. So Stefan, I think that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Sifu. And uh, guys, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Bye.